Hey, this is Fred Decker, director of the Monster Squad, and you're watching Geekscape. Uh, buy the DVD. Look who's back. Welcome to Geekscape episode 38. I'm here with Laura. Hello. My sweetheart. Uh, the reason Laura's back with us on Geekscape, the show that's all about movies, video games, and comics, um, is we, our, like our first date, we connected over horror movies. Mm-hmm. And this uh, past weekend saw the release of Rob Zombie's take on the Halloween franchise, sort of a revamp. We'll get to that review shortly, but um, how was that first date? Well, it was it was kind of a mistake date. Like we we didn't plan. I didn't know it was a date. I needed someone to eat dinner with at the holiday party, and you and I knew the same people, and so you were brought by the, the same people by right. them, and and so it started out not as a date for me. But then you get like three bo- three glasses of wine in me, and I'm like, God, I love you. <laughs> I start to look like Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was the wine. It was the wine and the the conversation. Which yeah, was... she actually avoided me for like the first half of the evening. I sat at a different table. And then uh, she finally came over and, and sat with me. I got out of my table. And we talked horror movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, mainly, your favorite horror movie of all time is Halloween. So. So, uh, see? Jaws, too. See? I like Jaws. You like, not Jaws, Jaws too, Jaws. Yeah. I, I like all 17,000 of them, but Jaws, the first Jaws, was, is one of my favorites, You like the too. third one in, in SeaWorld? Yes. You and like I the fourth yeah. one in the Bahamas yep. with Mario Van Peebles? Uh-huh. Right, when she takes the boat and she stabs him with the shark with the boat. <laughs> Rain Gray, right? She's awesome. Um, Michael Caine. So, uh... Guys, this, you think I would date just a regular run-of-the-mill chick? Mario Van heard, Peebles. I've never heard someone say a sexual thing after Michael Caine. That wasn't sexual. Listen to that. Gilmore Rewind is. That and listen to that. Gilmore listen. is in a desert of. Such a good movie. Is in a sexual desert right now. He's in a period between uh, sexual peaks. You know, when it rains, it flows. Right now, he's in a very dry period. Anything is sexual to the man. He's combustible. He can blow up at any moment. And I believe it's when it rains, it pours. Oh, when it rains, it. What did I say? Flows. Oh, oh, it flows. Trust me. Okay, let's talk. Um, what the fuck? What right? else are we talking about? Uh, well, let's start off talking about Balls of Fury. This is something that we've talked about on the show quite a bit. We had interviews with uh, Robert Ben Grant, the director, and Ben Fogler. Dan. Dan, Dan Fogler. Fogler. I'm sorry. Because we look the same. Yeah. <laughs> Not Ben Funnelfish Dunn, but uh, Dan Fogler, who I found out won a Tony. Yep. Really? What did he win what a Tony for? It's the 25th annual Putnam County. Spelling Bee. Is that a, that's a play? The 25th Annual it, a, Putnam it's County Spelling It's a musical. It's a musical. It's a musical. Yeah, it's you a can't, Tony's are musical. That's why he's saying at the end of that. Oh, movie, I thought Tony's I were just, I thought Tony's were just Broadway, period. No, I think they're no, strictly no, no. musicals. They're musicals. No, 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 no. Are it's, they Broadway? It's Broadway, Broadway period. They have okay. dramatic drama and they have straight plays. And Luckily, we have a resident thespian in the house, uh, Ben Dunn on camera over here. Uh, right now, he's doing a very Shakespearean cup of the hand. Uh <laughs> So, um, we saw Balls of Fury, and uh, this is the kind of the team that does Reno 9011, start out with a state. What did you think of the movie, sweetie? It was good. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the, the kind of lackluster. Yeah, it was I good. like our hero. What's his name? Dan. Dan. Fogler? Yeah, like he was him. good. I like him and think he's really funny. Um, is it Randy Dakota? Randy, Randy Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, this movie is about an undercover, uh, like a CIA guy played by played by who's who, George Lopez, George Lopez whose house whose house I went to when I was de- delivering uh, in Hollywood for the first couple of years of living out here 
I delivered a package to George Lopez's house. Can I just say, the biggest Mexican I've ever seen in my entire life. That's all. He has to be 6'6 or something like that. He's huge. Really? He doesn't look it on camera. No way. This dude showed up. I thought it was like, I thought like a giant totem pole had just opened the door. <laughs> <laughs> I see this stoic, chiseled Mexican dude sure opening up. Are you talking about George Lopez? Absolutely. Listen to Luca Lake. What's up, George? Love you. Um, His dad Vogel's like. I know. I sat. I stood next to him. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, the trick of the camera, George Lopez. It may not even be that he's really that tall. The dude is just imposing. He's like, thank you. Well, he's lost a lot of weight. He was really, really ill. Yeah. Oh, he's. What did he have? He was really ill. I, I don't remember, but look it up. He was really sick, and he's lost a lot of weight because of his illness. Wow. So but I think he's I think he's doing well health wise now. So George Lopez hires Randy Dakota, who played by Dan Fogler, to he he you know, at one point he made it to the Olympics as a kid. Uh in He's Ping washed Kong. up. But now he's washed up. he's working in Vegas or Reno. Which is pretty awesome. That's a really funny scene in the movie. And um he recruits him to infiltrate a ping, an illegal ping pong tournament run by Christopher Walken as Mr. Fang. And uh of course, win, and he's the guy on the inside. Really, the plot doesn't matter in a movie like this because uh, yeah. it, it's just a couple steps above Hot Shots. You know, do you feel like that? Like it's just above like the Zucker Brothers or Wayne Brothers parody, like straight parody comedies. Yeah. Oh, it's a, a couple steps above that. Right. Sorry, brothers. Um, but I, I, I thought I like that guy from Reno 911 who's in it. Who played uh-huh. the German Thomas guy? Thomas Damn, he was hilarious. Funny. He was really good. He's really funny. I liked our lead. Christopher Walken was really funny too. Um, everybody was funny enough. Diedrich Bader. Diedrich Bader know? is amazing. Yeah. In Office Space, he's amazing. In Napoleon Dynamite, he's amazing. In this, he's hilarious. Evil alien conquerors. That's what I have to say. He's, What's evil alien conquerors? It's him and Chris Parnell. Uh-huh. Just from also from Saturday Night Live. Just ridiculous movie. I'll he's, find it like Hollywood Video. Diedrich Bader is in a movie called Evil Evil Alien Conquerors. I want to see that. So I liked it. The movie all together, put together, wasn't hilarious, but it was entertaining and And it it was funny enough. It felt like you cut to scenes right after they had just cut a ton out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It felt like a lot ended up on the editing room floor. Yeah. And and it's okay. The movie didn't need to be any longer. Um, It felt like a good matinee, an okay matinee, a good rental. A good, it's something you're going to watch on Sundays on TNT for Comedy Central. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it'll be on Comedy Central within the year. Uh, Gilmore's over here commenting on everything we say. Everything. Which is pretty unprofessional, I think. When we're and trying to keep a train of thought in a conversation. Eating he's eating chicken wings over here. Don't do a VJ pan, please. Yeah, I was just about Nobody to likes those VJ pans. I'm eating chicken. Who he's eating chicken that? over here. But it's not that you're eating chicken. You can eat your damn chicken, but you're commenting every five seconds. Rufus loves the fact that he's Th- This is what happens when I say that it's a step above the Wayne Brothers movies. He goes, no, below Wayne Brothers movies. Like Hot Chicks was the shit. That's the first thing that I thought of, and I was like, "That was such a piece of crap." Yeah. That, oh, how, that how was, was Littlest Man? Little Man, or oh, whatever the fuck. Okay, Little Man was unwatchable, right. but the scary movie movies oh, yeah. were a lot that better than Paul's Brothers. Though. He, he yeah, did was. do the first one. But it wasn't Wayans Brothers. That yeah, was scary, scary movie. The, one the first two. scary movie is Wayans Brothers. Really? It's horrible. I that whole that franchise, that whole franchise is unwatchable. Oh no, yeah, it went downhill, but it went down. It started at the bottom of the hill, moron. Balls of Fury had all these fucking like when people would die, they get shot, and they'd be like, "Oh, brother!" and then they'd fall over. It felt like I was watching a Disney movie. The movie's funny. Yeah. It's just Comedy Central funny. I'm sorry, sweetie. Uh, I know you told me not to be friends with this guy anymore, and he's still <laughs> here. I'm really sorry. Okay. You know, I, I know that the the old phrase, "You are your friends." Mm-hmm. And to rise above your mm-hmm. level in life. Caesar Milan said that. I just saw him yesterday, and mm. he talks way too much about God, his wife, and his children. Um, but one thing he was saying, he gives advice to his children, and he says, "Choose your path. Like choose your friends wisely, because they're going to reflect to others who you are Does and he what you're about." Does encourage his his children to be pack leaders? No, he believes his children should be followers, and that will make them later good leaders, because you have to be a good follower to be a good leader. He's the leader now. So, so. Gilmore, can you follow what I'm saying and on the, just a little bit, especially Rufus? while you're eating? 
Uh, the other movie we went to see last night is Rob Zombie's remake of the Halloween franchise. This one uh, did not get very good reviews, but you know what? It was such a part of uh, her and I's meeting yeah. that we had to go see it. You were excited for this. Yes. We both wanted to love it more than we did. Yes. And the reviews are right. It's basically a lackluster, bland yeah. retelling with not a, not as much style as I thought Rob Zombie would have I wanted this. more. Didn't you want more style? Cause I wanted like more th- zombie style. I wanted more of that corpses House of a Thousand Corpses. thing. Yeah. I know. I, I got none of it. Well, I don't even. I don't think I got any of it. I wanted I him to it. take this and run with it. And about halfway through this remake, he does like almost a shot for shot, death for death remake Seriously. of the original. To the point that when he kills Bob, right, which is one of my favorites in the original, when he kills Bob and Bob goes to the, you know, they're in the a different fridge. house and that's different, and he kills him and then he stabs him and he's up on the wall and he's and he just goes. Yeah, he sticks Bob with a knife and looks at him like, the wall. Mm, look at me, look what I just did. Mm. He did that exact same thing, and I was like, yay! You know, and Bob's one of the first to go, and so I was like, yeah, I'm excited for it, but then they just, it was... Uh, I mean, we have the original, and the original so stands it on its expand own. expand on it? Because that's like everything. It does expand on it. But what it does is that, he, you know, he adds that first part to go, this is why Michael Myers is the way he is. Because I just watched the original today, and they get to the present day really quickly. Really quickly. Really quickly. What I didn't like about him trying to explain how Michael Myers... They spend the first half of the movie with Michael as a kid. And I knew that that was the case because we Uh heard it on Stern when he interviewed him. And so I was expecting that. But, um, wow, that's a real leap. Um, Your your mom's a stripper. Your sister's a whore. um, Your stepdad's super, super abusive. One of the worst human beings ever. And you like to kill animals because nobody pays attention to you. That's a stretch. Give me a fucking break. Like, who wouldn't grow up to be a fucking psychopath? Ben Dunn. Ben Dunn. Or VJ. But what was scary in the first one, although they didn't really go into it at all because it wasn't part of the story, is that Michael was part of a totally normal family. When his totally normal parents came home and he was standing at the end of the sidewalk and they're like, Michael, you know, and they lift up his little mask. You're like, damn, that's creepy. They're kind of normal. Like, fuck, how'd that happen? Kids do messed up stuff, though, when you're a kid. You know what I mean? Everybody burns G.I. Joe's. Everybody messes with insects and stuff like that. Um, boy, little boys. You never did that. No. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I didn't know. Uh, girls didn't talk to me at that age. We don't kill insects and we don't start wars. With a you, your stepsister stabs somebody with a screwdriver <laughs> on a bus going to school. That's like jail. At what shit. age? Jesus. How old was she? She was like thirteen. 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 We have uh, shivs someone on the bus. We, we with have, a screwdriver. We, uh, that at, kind at, of explains at why. The, yeah. Is that I the girl we fun. sat in the movies with the other night? No, that's my sister. That's, that's your my sister. Real, real sister. She's awesome. Okay, so, uh, so I didn't tell you this on the forums at geekscape.net. We have uh, a thread, the worst thing you've ever done and the most disturbing thing you've ever seen. Yeah. We're going to get to the uh, most disturbing thing you've ever seen next week when we review Hatchet. But uh, the thing I read on that forum changed me. Oh, my what? God. We'll talk next week, next week, next week. Somebody on a bike. No, no. We can do, we can do. You're going to have to tune in next week for that keep one. Keep going, keep going. Uh, so anyway, or just go to the forums and check it out. But, um, yeah. Everyone's all... I, I definitely wanted to like this Halloween a little more. Yeah. Uh, that's why Jason and Freddy are my guys and why you're not going to get a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th because those movies kicked ass to begin with. And having just seen the original again, it's slow. I'm sorry, baby. I know that's your thing, but... Freddie and Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for, well, Michael's your guy. Freddie and Jason are my taste. guys. And you tits. Know. And you will not be having any now. Ooh. Ooh, that's... It's not slow. It is slow in a sense that... I understand what you're saying, yeah. that it's slow. But that's part of the building of, of the tension. It doesn't right. have to be so fast that everyone's like, getting killed. Um, and you know what? Like, the thing with, the thing with uh, Rob Zombie's version is he does have a lot of deaths in it. He kills the parents... He killed he added, a ton of people he added early some on. Deaths. He, had, he added quite a few deaths, but they became too redundant. So there's the there's the counter argument that Rob Zombies was had too many deaths that were all stabbings or all chokings. My favorite actor. Or crushings. Who is my favorite actor? Uh, Danny Trejo. Yes, 
He was in this, and I was very excited to see him, although I didn't get to see his big chest tattoo. Um, you know, I wanted that to be different. I wanted that to end differently. Yeah. I loved that uh, Dee Wallace was in it as mm -hmm. Laurie Strode's mom. I was like, Cujo Mom, I love you! Um, <laughs> I love that you know the genre better than I do, which is great. Yeah, she did every, everything, everything king she was, uh, back in the day. E.T. She was E.T.'s e. mom. mom. Mm -hmm. e. Yeah. Mom. She's awesome. I love her. Um, and, but I, like, did they didn't need to get killed. I was, I was so pissed. I, I was like, do not kill yeah. So that made me mad. <laughs> don't you do this, Michael. And I'm, and I'm okay, you know, with the, I don't know. I, just some things I just, I wasn't happy with. And I thought it was really funny because we were listening a couple weeks ago to an interview on Howard Stern with, Rob. with Rob Zombie. And. I don't like Stern, and he he likes Stern, and I think he's just kind of stupid sometimes, and says really stupid things like, like our show. Um, I've never what? It's like my show. Like he he'd never seen Halloween. Weird. Um, so he didn't know anything about it, which is fine, I guess. But, but he, he asked Rob Zombie. Yeah. He said, "Were you in this movie?" And Rob's like, "No." And he goes, "You didn't play the stepfather." Hi, William Forsythe. Yeah. You look like crap. Yeah, I'd like to be mistaken for William Forsythe. Are you? I love William Forsythe. You know, American Me, another movie with my favorite actor and William Forsythe in yeah. it together, um, with a little Edward James Olmos. Thank you very much. Captain you are Obama. killing today. I know. You're on a roll, baby. Yeah. She She's dropping it. Well, she she does, she, she does like it. Um, Look at that. Yes. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, it sounds a lot better. Awesome. Uh, are you licking the chicken wing sauce off of the plate? You shouldn't talk. You savage. You shouldn't talk because you suck the Hooter wings dry and the marrow. You know what I do? You suck them out. I what? do while uh, I'm looking at the Hooter women. Whatever. Okay. Um, so, sweetie, one movie that I'm into that yeah. you don't, you're not the biggest fan of because you were in high school drinking and smoking by the time this movie came out. Yes, dear. The Monster Squad? Yes, dear. Big fan of it. While I we're know. speaking horror movies. Monster Squad was awesome. While me and my good buddies, Ben and Brian, went down to San Diego, I got a chance to meet Fred Decker, the director. He also did Night of the Creeps that year. You like that one, right? Ah. And Robocop 3. And Robocop 3, which, sorry. Um, but Night of the Creeps has a cool <laughs> opening with the, uh, the space bugs. But um, I sat down with them. A couple of the stars from Monster Squad. The new DVD just came out. I'm getting my copy today. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Here they are talking about their experiences filming the Monster Squad, what they've been up to since, and uh, what it was like getting back together for the DVD. What's up, guys? All you Geekscapists out here, I'm sitting here with the director of Monster Squad, Fred Decker. He's also the director of uh, Night of the Creeps, which is another kick-ass 80s horror movie. And um, why don't you talk about the experience of putting this movie together? Uh, well, uh, it was a long time ago. Um, I was making Creeps, and I turned to my, my buddy Shane Black, who I went to college with, and I said... Huge screenwriter, Shane Black, by the way. Really? It wasn't he a okay. big screenwriter? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, enormous. He, yeah, no, he wrote Lethal Weapon and stuff like that, but I gave him his first job, and, and it was this. And I said to him, I loved uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I loved all the monster rallies of the 40s, and I loved uh, the Little Rascals. And I said, let's do Little Rascals meet the Universal Monsters. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had never written a screenplay. He said, okay. So we concocted this kind of crazy yarn about Dracula coming back and looking for this amulet. And, um, and we wrote it. And uh, we found some really supportive producers in Jonathan Zimbert and Peter Hyams and Rob Cohen. And um, the rest is uh, history. The rest is history, especially for people in my generation who watch it as kids. The DVD's well-worn out. We love it more than the Goonies. Mm. We walk around hip-hopping, Monster Squad. <laughs> we love that the mummy's in the closet, but on the back of the VHS tape it says, Mummies in your microwave? Call the Monster Squad. And now we get to that. have it on DVD. We know about the microwave. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. We know that. We know. Mummy has this weird habit of climbing into places that he doesn't belong. A microwave. Do you have a mummy in your microwave? Call the Monster Squad. There you go. Will he fit is the question. Ours will because we have a small mummy. <laughs> I felt it was important to, to because we already have... Frankenstein's monster, who's this giant lumbering right. thing. The the Wolfman is fairly lumbering. Dracula is tall and imposing. I said, well, let's have let's let's do a twist, and have the mummy be sort of a, 
uh, maybe he was a child prince who had been mummified when he was sure. still young. So that's why he's little and fits in a microwave. Who's, which one was your favorite monster that you worked with? They were all great. I'm going to say I have a, a, a soft spot for the creature. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Gill Man. And the creature gets its be- it gets disposed of the best part of it. I mean, well, that, that's for well, that is, a lot that, of people the that, best part of the film. That is Horace's um, moment of truth, and um, it's almost the, the Gill Man is almost in service to that more than actually a, a functioning character in the movie. But I think he looks just kick-ass. I think Incredible. Steve Wang did a fantastic job sculpting him and and Stan's people and Tom Woodruff, who was actually literally glued into that suit. Wow. And not only that, was underwater in that suit. So uh, it's a, uh, the, the creature is really underrated. I think he's a, he's a fantastic uh, uh, asset to the movie. So you did uh, Night of the Creeps. Yep. Monster Squad. Yep. We've seen you do the RoboCop movies. I actually pre-ordered my uh, Monster Squad along with uh, RoboCop. Robo, Robo 1, right, okay. It, it, I, did, I got Robo 1. Yeah. You did Robo 3. Right. What, are your, uh, what can you tell us about working in that franchise that we all love? Well, I loved the first movie. I loved uh, the Verhoeven movie, and uh, it was a great, it was a wonderful sandbox, a great, you know, toy toy box to be able to to play in. Um, and I think there was an aspect of that movie that is a throwback to Monster Squad. The uh, image of this giant kind of mechanical clanking resurrected guy it's a story. with this little. But also in my movie with this little girl, there's something that I guess just is poignant and touching to me about these two completely different kinds of people reaching out to one another. So, uh, um, And that is the best scene in the original Frankenstein. And, and, and it doesn't even have Frankenstein's monster in it. Yeah. When the villager is walking into the town yeah, with, with holding his daughter, daughter. Yeah, yeah. it's the strongest moment of the entire film. Yeah, well, well, That's the true horror of it. Absolutely. And the thing about the Frankenstein's creature, and we don't really... Uh, delve into it much in this movie, but he really is a uh, the child, uh, you know, the bastard child who's looking for a father figure, because his father's basically abandoned him, and he's just looking to be loved. And I think that's one of the reasons that this movie stands the test of time, because it's sweet. We're here for you, man. We're here for you. I mean, is you know, this, is this a gay moment? Well, you know. We're, we're all looking for something, you yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah. that's why Geekscape has come here. They're looking for people like themselves. You found a bond here at Geekscape. Well, uh, I'm touched because I've always been a geek. And we, mm. there actually wasn't a word for it when I was a kid. Yeah. So now you guys are you know, forging ahead. That's right. That's right. Fred, thank you so much for coming on Geekscape. I'm thrilled. Telling us all about it. We're all going to go out and get the DVD because we're all do. huge fans of the movie. Would love to see you direct further thank you working working on moving forward yeah got a couple of things in the works okay cool where can we check that out um just look for my name imdb all right thank you so much fred thanks buddy all right take care guys i'm here with andre gower our lead from the monster squad and i I was talking to our boy rudy man oh yeah the cool neighbor who's after your sister that that's right that's right after after patrick's sister oh that's right Patrick's patrick's sister yeah and uh and we're talking monster squad man i gotta tell you you were surprised that I had seen the film, or you know... No, I, I no, mean, no, I was dude, just kidding with you. I, dude, I, I'm a straight-up geek, man. That's okay. I'm the guy who's always like, dude, the Goonies, whatever. I'm a Monster Squad man. Goonies, schmoonies. That's right. Monster Squad That's the way right. I hang. And uh, tell me about a little bit about the experience of looking back 20 years uh, on making the film. Well, you know, looking back, it, you know, it was, it was a huge production of the time. And, uh, you know, it was a big, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, special effects, creatures, monsters, makeup and kids and right. a lot of locations a lot of shots uh it was a big deal and mm-hmm. uh, you know you knew it was a big deal when you were doing it and uh you know fred as the director you know putting it all together and his you know his creative side of it plus the directing side and then the production side was you knew this was something cool and different and you know really kind of launched you know launched that whole thing so it, i think it was a pretty original at that time and uh, that's why i think something resonates with the fans out there they haven't gone away Right, and are you a fan of the genre? Like, like the other, like Fred also did Night of the Creeps. Are you a fan of stuff like that? Yeah, you know, as long as you know, I I love film, whether it be you know, fantasy, romantic comedy, documentary, you know, something, whatever. So, um, as long as something's good in that in whatever genre it is, I love it, and mm-hmm. you know. You know, we sort of see this movie myself do as as instead of just a horror movie or a comedy movie or a kids movie, it's really an action movie an with kids movie. in it. It's an, it's an adventure movie, so it right. takes you along on this adventure. And I think that's what resonates with, especially the the teenage boy fan base that that we had 
because they all wanted to be on the Monster Squad. You know, they all Absolutely. went in their backyard and played and did Monster Squad stuff. So if you're out there, we know it, and that was great. So uh, I'm we standing hear, right we next hear. to you, baby. I'm <laughs> we right hear, next to you. We hear it today. I'm so. right next to you. Perfect. I always wanted to be in the Monster Squad. Um, I, I'm getting, like, stifled just for, for questions. But, uh, I mean, there's so much in this movie, but it stands away from the horror movies from the 80s because those were definitely horror movies. The Jason, the Freddy movies, those were all horror movies. They were in a movie that has kids in it mm-hmm. kicking the ass. That's right, which I think is very cool because in the slasher thriller movies like Jason, Freddy, you know, it's the kids that are the victims, and now the kids are the heroes. Right. And it's a little bit different, so it can give someone to really connect with and want to be and, you know, aspire to a little bit more. So I think that's, you know, kind of held that hero role for the, for the fan base and the adventure part of it. So you can go in your backyard and create your own. You can continue the right. Monster Squad adventure, so, uh, which is cool. What have you been doing since? Um, working hard. You know, well, since Monster Squad, I did a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. And then ended up going to college and uh, did that for a while. I was away from the business for quite a while, just doing, uh, you know, graduated college. I actually played basketball in college and then came back, uh, worked uh, in different fields in my in my major. I was a journalism major, so I worked uh, a lot of sports writing and stuff like that. And then I uh, came back. Team? Uh, fa- I don't have a favorite team. No. I don't. I, I just I just like sports. You know, I root for uh, root for quite a few. But uh, and then now I have got my own entertainment commercial uh, entertainment production company mm-hmm. called Cinema South and I'm working on various projects and festivals and productions and events so it's good. Now let's say the, the, the bad guys come back. Would you ever pick up the steak and possibly you know put the Monster Squad back together for another one? That thing will be sharp and ready to go. <laughs> I got it. Bring it on. Get your mother's silverware baby. That, that's right. Let's I think we've it. replenished it by now so we'll do it. Let's Thanks, do it. So guys we're covering the DVD release of the Monster Squad. Finally. Finally right? Finally. Yeah. And, Right. Like, how long have we waited for this DVD to be released? Um, 20 years. Well, since DVD's been Yeah, well, okay, yeah I guess DVD's, yeah, okay. So, but. 15, I don't know. When were DVDs created? Well, you're on Geekscape. <laughs> Introduce yourself to the Geekscape. Hi, everybody. I'm Ashley Bank. She played Phoebe in the movie. You know her because no kid forgets throwing your teddy to Frankenstein oh. at the end of the film. Oh, yeah. That was hard. I didn't want to let go of that one. I would say you throwing your teddy bear to Frankenstein at the end of that film was like top five moments a kid remembers from their childhood cinema. Awesome. Thanks. Right? Thank you. That's I amazing. I mean, come on. I hope so. That's and, awesome. And everybody had the creepy German guy in their neighborhood, I know, right? right? There is the, everyone has some weird old person who's always kind of looking out the window. What was yours? I, I don't know. Probably the lady who lived next door with mm-hmm. all the like bushes, sort of creepy. Tons of cats. Tons of tons of cats, like ten cats. You know that's actually a diagnosed uh, mental disorder. No, it's not. You get you, out. Yeah. Really? I don't know what it's called, but it's been di- it's been termed an actual mental disorder. That's so awesome. So you now just I'm made fun to, of that I'm entire group of people. Sorry. I'm kidding. I'm gonna I'm go Wikipedia it. You can Wikipedia it. <laughs> I will. I mean. Speaking of Wikipedia, we all know our good friend Graham who comes on Geekscape. Uh, Graham actually sent me your MySpace. Oh, no. Uh, a little stalker move. Sorry for calling you out, Graham. but uh, Hi, Graham. <laughs> he's naked now. Oh, that's creepy. I'm kidding. Uh, he's not. Graham's the man. Graham is the man. And uh, I checked out your MySpace. Very nice. Thank H- you. How are the fans online responding to not only just the film, but the whole release? It's, you know, it's really amazing. This whole thing has sort of happened via the internet. It's sort of how it all spawned and mm-hmm. how it all started with the guys at Ain't It Cool News. And um, it's I probably get, I don't know, 5 to 20 MySpace messages a day from right. people. Yeah, but, not, but none from Jonathan Lennon, uh, myspace.com slash jlennon78? Um, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. Yet. not yet. I'll not yet. You. All right. We're going to be MySpace friends, we right? Will, we'll, we'll be buddies. We'll be buddies. You, we'll throw, be buddies. Me, you throw me teddy bear, right? Maybe. 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 But, I um, don't know. But the uh, yeah, the online stuff has just been... It's I mean, been, it wasn't there when you made the movie. No. I mean, didn't, the internet didn't exist until I was a teenager. So the movie has just kind of been gestating and the fans... Have, I mean, it's well, just I been... Think, the ball's been rolling. I think what really happened is that most of the fans of this movie, and I think that I'm in the same group, our parents would not... If Had I not been in the movie, there's no way I would have been allowed to see it in Absolutely. the theaters. My parents have been like, are you kidding? It's scary. Because Ryan's too hot. Way too hot. He was like Even a Cory. Even now, he was like a Cory, um, but better, <laughs> better than Cory. So Sorry, as people Corey. got older, they started discovering the film. Yeah, well, I think that a lot of people saw it via like cable or they rented it when they got a little older, and then as that age group has sort of started to reach their like twenties and late twenties, early thirties, they've sort of 
been in a place or a position to be like, hey, I love this movie. You know, it need, it just, it needs its what it's due, and I think that's really what sort of had it be where it is today. And you're still acting? Yeah, I just started what again. What can we do? What can, where um, can we see you? Well, I am um, doing a lot of improv at Second City. So mm-hmm. if you live in LA and you want to come to Second City, Graham, Graham's doing it at IO. Oh, really? Uh, uh, She's perfect for you. <laughs> we'll, we'll, do, we'll set it up. We'll, we'll set see. It up. Maybe. All right. All right. Um, I don't want to infringe on any of your relationship, current relationships, but. There's nothing current at the moment. All right, Graham. I, um, I did the seek and destroy. I got it for you, baby. Um, thank you so much for coming pleasure. on. Good luck with, with everything back thank in LA. We'll be there. Uh, right. We'll come see a show. Awesome. All right. I'll send you on MySpace. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks, sister. Good luck with the DVD. <laughs> thank you. So I finally got my copy of Monster Squad. I'm pretty excited to see it. I also double ordered it with the new uh, reissue of Robocop, which has a lot of stuff that was on the Criterion Edition which has been out of print because of lawsuits, ownerships of the material, this or that. So the Criterion Collection... Yeah, the Criterion Collection of the Ro- of RoboCop was like 150 laser bucks on disc. eBay. You know that, right? Like the RoboCop Criterion, which had been out of print, was like 150 bucks on eBay. My good friend Jim, who was on the New York episode, walked into a mom-and-pop shop and bought it out from under their noses for like 10 bucks. Jesus. And That's karmically bad, I had been looking... That's almost- I've been Both looking for this stuff. Yeah, I've been I've been looking it. for this stuff for so long, and it's finally out on this RoboCop edition. I can't wait to watch uh, his head get blown out the back of his. I mean, it's a, a lot more violent. And if we showed all those interviews, Graham is the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Who is? Graham. Graham. Yeah. We're Graham's him up. cool. We're gonna hook him up with the little girl from Monster Squad. Not little anymore. She's not little anymore. <laughs> if she was. Um. So <laughs> let's pause to recognize our sponsor, NetRiver.net. The guys at NetRiver are awesome. They're building a new, uh, brand new website for you guys to order domains, order uh, hosting plans. Uh, they're a kick-ass company up in the Northwest, and they will hook you up if you put in Gilmore as your promotional code. Check them out, netriver.net. You may not be able to find the buttons immediately to order a domain or a hosting plan, but email my guy, Josh, at josh at netriver.net or sales at netriver.net, and they will hook you up. It's like 8.95 hosting plans once you put in the 10% off. You get domains for a lot cheaper than that. Definitely if you guys are starting a website, running online games, anything like that, you, you want to check out netriver.net. We got Gilmore over here doing maid service. So let's just segue. Sweetie, are you a fan of uh, are you a fan of Star Trek or the movies or any of that? Yes. Are you excited <laughs> at the prospect of JJ Abrams doing a Star Trek movie? Oh, I wasn't aware. He's doing the next Star Trek movie. It's Star Trek Eleven. It's not one of these Star Trek Next Generations. Okay. What he's doing is he's going back to a younger Federation, where they're in the Fleet Academy. Kirk, Ahara, McCoy, Spock. Spock. And the guy who plays Siler is playing Spock. Oh, that's good. I think that's good casting. So this is what J.J. Abrams is doing. And it's not just a revamp of... Who's playing Kirk? They don't know yet. They're still casting, but they did cast... The, uh, I bet he wants to play himself again. Yeah. Well, Freak. Well, well, here's the talk. Um, it's, good that, it's good that you said that about... They do that weird Picard yeah. thing. They did, like, an X3 where they DH yeah. him. Well, well it, it, it's good that you mentioned that because modern-day Leonard Nimoy is in it. Okay. Leonard Nimoy is in the movie. I like him a lot. And this isn't just a revamp where they just go back and talk... They just go back and talk about when these guys were in school together. What J.J. Abrams wrote is a plot. Have you guys heard this? It's a plot where current day Spock, played by Leonard Nimoy in his uh, in his old age, he's a sophisticated individual. As Spock finds out that a villain is going back in time uh-huh. to kill Kirk while he's at the Fleet Academy, so it's actually in continuity. Mm. It's in continuity, and it works to follow you back to the beginning. And restart this new cast for Star Trek. I think that's a genius move. I don't even like Star Trek. Yeah, I don't even like Star Trek. That got me excited. Yeah. I um I liked Star Trek the show with the original show. I liked it. Um would watch it. Obviously not, you know, obviously in syndication, thanks. So hold your (laughs) hold your comments on the forums, thanks. Like they can um, comment on any girls. But then, really liked the Jean-Luc no Picard thing. Anybody. I had I had a big <laughs> baldy fetish for uh, 
John Luke, yeah. So are you not like, like went to the no, 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 stop. So um, <laughs> she made yeah, me put on Jordy's glasses. Maybe she's just attracted to. No, we had in my in my in my house in Seattle. My roommate and I had a had a cardboard cutout of Jean Luc behind our bar. This is my girlfriend. It's awesome. I, we have pictures taken with him and stuff like that. It was awesome. And we went to tonight. Vegas. I'm going to go engage Hilton, <laughs> Hilton, Las Vegas, where they have this simulated, you know, Star yeah. Trek ride, and and there's all these Klingons walking around, and we're like taking a picture with him and stuff like that. We That's were, great. Like, Totally gay. But that doesn't, does that make you excited? The fact that they're keeping in, like, they're actually making two timelines now, I guess. The one that I'm okay is established with that. It'll be fun. and now this new one. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be awesome. It'll be fun. Uh, they're also making a G.I. Joe movie. Live action. You know, the Transformers was a big success. We went to see that. Now yeah. they've got Steven Summers, the guy who did The Mummy. Oh, God. Yeah. And Van Helsing doing G.I. Joe over at Paramount. They have a screenwriter, Stuart Beatty. He did Collateral. He also did this upcoming 30 Days a Night. He's writing the script for G.I. Joe. All I got to tell you guys right now is they made a G.I. Joe movie. It's called Street Fighter with John claude Van Damme. And it's the best movie I gotta ever. Th- you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but Dan Trachtenberg uh, told me that uh, it used to be uh, the G.I. Joe script. And when Van Damme was big and all this and Street Fighter blew up, they said, hey, let's just segue it into what's big now, which is Street Fighter. In the script, no they changed Duke to Guile, and the rest there you is go. horrible, especially with the family of the late Raul Julia. I'm kind of glad that wasn't the G.I. Joe movie. I'm glad it wasn't the G.I. Joe movie either. G.I. Joe has a much bigger place in my heart than uh, Street Fighter does. Is G.I. Joe Hasbro as well? G.I. Joe's they're Hasbro, they're yeah. They're making a killing. They will make a killing. They also got He Man. They got He Man. Yeah. And uh, I gotta tell you, shit has been talked and shit has been returned on our forums at geekscape.net. We had a big loudmouth over here. Brian Gilmore on the camera right saying that he will take on anybody in Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Give and you have fighter. started a shitstorm online. Yeah. That is the best forum. People a lot are of people shit. are throwing down. I don't know. God, the problem is it creates a problem for Geekscape because I don't know the logistics. If we had tons of money, I would do a Christopher Walken and I would bring in the greatest fighters from around the globe Ooh. to fight in Capcom versus Marvel versus Capcom, Capcom too. How kick ass would that be if we had the resources you know, to fly people in yeah. to do an episode you know where all we do button. and Dunn and I could just fucking <laughs> sit there and do color commentary. And you know what the best part is? Is that the best and most worthy challenger that I've seen is the one guy who went ahead and made an entire so he, yeah he made an entire uh, YouTube profile oh profile profile just to go on and say how much he hates and my he ass. shows them YouTube videos of and like then, kicking him at but he yeah, did that great. in the old Geekscape forums he comes back and makes one again just to say Gilmore I can take you down but a couple people um Abby from uh, Net River yeah, is challenging you uh, we have um, like pure evil Matt oh, no the forums are their own culture their own society and uh I gotta tell you, man. Bejeweled. That's Laura's game. <laughs> I got a new phone. I got this little phone get? here. Can we yeah. get money from? We won't tell them who they are. Well, yeah. I guess I got this phone. That's it's a little trio. And I play Bejeweled easy. Yeah. Because I'm retarded. But it makes me want to get. Um, but I like playing that. It makes me want to get Puzzle Quest, which is kind of Bejeweled with a little bit of like. You do Bejeweled, and then if you do it really well, you get attacks to attack other people. No, I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that? I just want to line well, three things up. It's a good thing I broke your Game Boy. I am simple-minded. Yeah. Five? Did you hear that, everyone? I broke what? the screen on her Game Boy because I switched out the cases. I took the hard shell case on a trip, oh. and she was left with a soft shell, and somehow it cracked. So next time I get a p- big payday, I'm getting Laura a new DS. Best game ever on a cell phone was Snake. On snake the on the cell, on the uh, snake on anything was always a fun oh. game. Where you have to try and avoid eating your tail. Pretty simple tan. People get really. I just use the phone for calling people. I know. No, Bejeweled is the biggest time waster. Bejeweled is great. That's beautiful. Um, and Snood. Oh, I spent so a shitload of time in undergrad playing Snood. Wow. Um, wow. so let's talk comics. Last week I was pretty critical of the Halo comic book that uh, Brian Michael Bendis put out, and I was also critical of Powers. Number 25. The guys that I fanboy love Powers. But I got to tell you, um, Michael Avon... How do you pronounce his name? Michael Avon Emming? Oh, I have no idea. Um, He's the artist on Powers. He is also the artist on this new book that he co-created called The The Mice Templar. And it's like... The Knights Templar? 
It's like Hi. the Knights Templar. It's a society of of, uh, of knights. Hi, I'm a mouse. How are you? <laughs> we do talk like that when the camera's off all wow. the time. Uh, this is about a, a, kind of like like a, a band of knights that have been dispelled. Not only that, they've been kicked out of societies. They're all mice uh, because they're being hunted. They're enemies of the rats, the spiders, uh, this and that. The owls? So, so here you are. You have the Knights Templar, but told through the story of mice. And, uh, Who's the Illuminati? Well, you, you, you've got, now you, you've got a bunch of little kids, uh, little, little mice, being told the story of the Templar. And uh, they kind of say, you know, don't tell those stories. It doesn't exist. What is she doing? Where did they go? Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Where did they go? What happened to them? We're gonna have story time on Geekscape. How? Oh, Master Dation, the town watch is here. Is there a problem, Master Blacksmith? Um. <laughs> so, so they, they, the town gets attacked, and the young so hero, hot. who's still questioning whether or not the Mice Templar ever existed, is one of the lone survivors. His family is all captured. They're put in chains by the by the rats. He's thrown in the water, and uh, he ends up kind of getting saved by these fish gods. Yeah, sounds confusing, and uh, it's pretty Jesus. violent. You, you see mice getting impaled by rats. You see people getting wow. beheaded. His good buddy loses his arm, and um, so how much, like, uh, when he comes, well, it's a little secret of Nimish. But when he comes to, he uh, finds one of the old uh, mice Templar. Who had been banished from the village came back to help during the attack, and they go off at the end of the the last page to say, "Okay, we're going to train you, and you are the chosen one, of course, because you always have to have a chosen one to go off and rescue the family, rescue the kingdom, bring us back to our glory days." And um, I got to tell you, it was a little hard to follow. Um, a lot. Ha- it, was just, it was a little disappointing. Would it be easier if you knew more of the mythos behind the Knights Templar and all that stuff? You think? Yeah. How, how much of what I told you was accurate? Do you know that stuff? I don't know, Ben. I don't. I don't know if it. I, it. I, I, I don't besides, know. Besides them being hunted. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's best to know any of I that. think yeah, weren't the Knights Templar the people who would just shepherd people back and forth during the no. two. No, well, people are smacking their he- foreheads right now. I no, don't know. No, the Templar. What they, the fuck the do I look like? Indiana Jones? The, the, the Vinci Code who, guys? You know? Kind of. They, no, no, no. Rufus <laughs> loves Ben. I watched National Geographic, and they said that, that once the. the um, what, what, what's it called? Uh, the Crusades. The Crusades happened. Right. When you would go by ship, and you wanted to go to uh, see Jerusalem. Jerusalem the Knights Templar were the people who would protect you on the roads. It could be, yeah. And absolutely. then slowly it started building into this mythos that they were this other well, grand yeah, thing. Well, yeah, they found, they found Solomon's temple. They found, yeah, they found all this that's where wonderful they stuff. Um, then they were hunted by the church. No, no, well, maybe we'll talk about that next week. I'm, I'm trying to clip. No, the, the last Fantastic Four story by Stan Lee and uh, John Romita Jr. I thought was fun, and I enjoyed it. So listen... I got you something at uh, Comic Con, didn't I? Can oh. I have it? Can I have that over there, Ben? Uh, you know, you got to get yourself, your girlfriend, something at, at Comic Con. I got her this little yeah. Mister Toast. Yeah. Are you gonna talk like that the whole yeah. episode? Do you think I'm? No. Uh, <laughs> what does Mister Toast sound like? Hi. This is Parade. Hi. I'm Mister Toast. This is my book, Parade. This is a great book. Um, featuring Mister Toast, Joe the Egg, Lemonhead. Mope the Onion, Drunken Carrot, and others. I'm going to go on the website and start posting some of these images. The um, is adorable. They're kind of one-panel joke uh, comics, aren't they? Yeah. It's more an art no, book than it is a comic. Um, like, just say no to Halloween, says the candy corn. <laughs> Doesn't um, want to be eaten. There's a pie hole. Who's pie that? Hole. Oh, an onion eating a pie. Pie hole. That's cute. Um, Shut your pie hole, Gilmore. My, uh, oh, waste management. What's that? Garbage cans firing each other. <laughs> You're fired. That's funny. That's cute. Um, so they are kind of these one-panel cute jokes. It's definitely the kind of thing you would get a girlfriend, right? Were you disappointed by your gifts from Comic-Con this year, sweetie? What did um, you want? You want the zombie Captain America statue? No, I like this as my favorite. 
Theirs was a forbidden love. It's a frying pan and a slice of bacon. Oh, that's sweet. Um, no, this is... Um, Were you expecting anything from Comic-Con? Yes. Not, not to get dumped. Yes. Like the first we like year to I break went. up when he goes to Comic-Con. Um, no, you have to... If you leave town, boys, I have to tell you, it doesn't matter if you... If you leave town for a day, you're, you're cool. But if you leave town for like three days or more... You need to come back with a token. Absolutely. How big? And not an STD. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> if she drinks, get her a shot glass. Get her a magnet. Get her a keychain. Magnet. Doesn't matter. Magnet. I'm a girl. I'm telling you. It means you're thinking of them. It, it's a token that you're thinking of them, even if it's something corny and stupid. You don't have to buy them jewelry. You don't have to buy them, you know, whatever. If they collect matchbooks, bring them back matchbooks. It, it doesn't have to. It's not about how much it is, but it's the thought. The thought that counts. So valuable, baby, having you on the show. Thought that counts. Um, are you ready to talk video games? I know we talked Bejeweled, but there was one big game <laughs> that you saw me uh, play Playing. quite yes. a bit. Yeah. Metroid 3. This is, this is uh, Metroid Prime 3. It's the continuation of the series that had the first two installments on the GameCube. Now we got on the Wii with Corruption. Uh, the storyline is Samus. Uh, and she still has to do everything for every motherfucker in the universe. Go over here and do this. Now that you're done, go over here and do that. Oh, there's tons of other uh, hunters who are kind of uh, the same, you know, they got different style, you know, they're, they're kind of like what Samus does, but some of them like to uh, shape shift, some of them can control robots, and you they've got their are strength. The, hunter. the problem is they're obviously not good enough because they've been sent out. To find out about this uh, this new corruption that's taking over the different planets, and every time they go to a planet, they fuck up, and you end up having to go rescue them, and then you end up meeting them on that planet. They've been corrupted, and they fight you. The thing is, uh, you've been take you've taken on part of this phase on power, which is what it's called, and it, you can use it. This is the addition to this game. You can use it to do these supercharged attacks, but if you do it too much, you get corrupted and you automatically die. So you'll find yourself in fights where you're definitely going to want to use it, but if you stay in that mode too long, you're going to want to die. And also, or you're, you're, you're going to want to die. It's going to kill you, and also it drains your power. So um, the bad guys actually throw little grenades at you that make you go into that mode, and you start overloading, and you just have to fire a ton to get the energy out, uh, or else you'll end up. Dying automatically. That you was pretty like frustrating. This, you like this game a lot. The game's awesome. It's like since we got. Because I could be in the house like yeah. naked, and you don't you don't even look up from the television. Back to comics. Um, I got to tell you the the game. This game and Zelda are the reasons to buy the Wii. The the one thing with the Wii and the reason you see me play the Xbox 360 a lot is the Xbox 360 has a lot of games. On it that are, that are really high caliber games. I don't know which one you're playing. Now the Wii. It, well, you can tell by the controller. I don't even pay attention. You're really? just like. <laughs> <laughs> I just like go like this in front of the television, like yeah, to duck because I know you're doing something wirelessly, and I'm just trying to get out of the way. Well, with the Wii in this game, when you find yourself <laughs> with the puzzles, there's not as much backtracking as there were in the front in the prior two, and when they do do backtracking, they throw a lot at you. So you'll know you're on the right track in backtracking because you'll see bad guys that weren't there before, puzzles that weren't there before, and obstructions that weren't there before. And the way you get past a lot of doors is you use the remote to take stuff out of the wall, turn it, put it back. Is it first person? Or? It's totally first person, which on Zelda, the locking mechanism, when you locked on a bad guy, it worked really well because if they would move all over the screen, your guy would just rotate in third person. The first person, if they fly off the screen, it, uh, it breaks the lock and it makes it a little harder, which is fine because I've really only been killed a couple times by the bad guys. Mainly my big problem is sometimes I fall off ledges. It happens. <laughs> you know. So does it have a problem that Red Steel had? So when you're looking, are you using the nunchuck thumbstick? To look around, or are you using no. like you're, you're you're looking around with the remote and that's in, what in Red the, Steel was, and you move with the nunchuck uh, pad. Right. Uh, there have been a couple battles where the lock and the morph ball are on the are on the nunchuck, and there were a couple fights where afterwards I had to pause the game and flex my hand out because it was killing me. Right. 
And also, um, so you you have like geek pain. You know how there's yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, used be, it used to be game thumb. Now I'm, my <laughs> I'm glad it's my left hand. Um, there are a couple moments where you have to uh, grab things with this like super grapple, grapple and uh, pull them back. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating. Uh, some of the battles have stages to, the, to, to actually damaging the bad guy. First, you got to knock him out here. Then you got to knock him out there. If you don't do it quick enough, he recovers. It's very, Nintendo. Um, very Nintendo. So you're not going to get anything exceptionally new. But I got to tell you, Rufus, Rufus wants to play. Uh, you're not going to get anything amazingly new. But this and Zelda are the reason enough to buy the Wii. Rufus, this one, if you're a fan of the Nintendo games, it's par for the course, and then it raises it up a couple levels. You're gonna have a lot of fun playing it, right, Rufus? You saw me. You saw me beat a couple of bad guys, didn't you? Yeah. Didn't you, buddy? Won the kissing contest at yeah. Punktoberfest. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Um, so th this is Rufus, everybody. Um, Metroid Three, definitely pick it up. That's what I have to say on it. And plus, your girlfriend, she'll watch it for about five minutes, then go find something better to do. Beat your old. Beat your old. In, in the air conditioned room in the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed that. That is our episode. We've got our good friend Little Billy coming up with an Ask Laura segment. But while I'm on the camera, I'd like to tell you guys to go check out the Geekscape web store. Pick yourselves up a t-shirt. Tote bag. Looks fashionable. I got you a pink t-shirt, but it's too hot to wear. It's too hot to wear. I would have worn it, I swear. It's a cute little pink t-shirt. Really one of cute. a kind. Yeah. Um, but I love my tote bag. It's my weekend purse. I use it all the time. Yeah. You can carry groceries in it, too. Go to the farmer's market. We've got, we took it to the beach. Took it to the beach. Um, we've got the tote bags, we've got the t-shirts, you get free pins with every order. We've also got a MySpace, uh, you go to myspace.com slash geekscapenet, you can join up, uh, be one of our friends there. Also, if you guys are on Friendster, or Facebook, Friendster. nobody's on Friendster anymore. Remember Friendster? Absolutely. Nobody's on it anymore. That was the first, that was the yeah. first social network. Not I was on young. it. I even got off Dogster, Rufus yeah. is only on MySpace. Yeah. So we've got, uh, we've got a Facebook profile group, uh, if you're there on Facebook. Search for Geekscape. You're going to find yourselves a, a fan club. You can talk to us there. Or you can talk to us on the forums at geekscape.net slash forums. We have also got a new thing started called Trades for the Troops. Your old trades, uh, your old DVDs, old comic books, old Maxims. Whatever you want to send to Iraq, help these guys out, pass the time. They need the porn. They definitely need comics the Maxims. Maxims. Comics and Maxims. Maxims, then back to comics. That's how I do it, right? Whoa. That's how you do it, baby. That's how I do it. So uh, that's our episode. We've got uh, Little Billy and Ask Laura. Up next, are you excited to see Little Billy? I'm so excited. I miss him so much. Here he is. Hi, I'm Little Billy. Welcome to a new edition of Ask Laura, hosted by me, straight from the Geekscape forums. First question, are you ready? ready? Yeah. Yeah. First question from Wookie Wombat. Why do women always go for bad boys? Um, I, I don't think they always do. I think um, people who aren't bad boys like to say that they always go for bad boys because it makes them feel better, but I really don't think they always go for bad boys. <laughs> That's true. I'm dating Jonathan. I didn't say losers. Do you remember the Dirty Vato guys? Mm-hmm. Los Ojos de Muerte asks, does Harrison Ford still have it? No. God, no. He lost it when he got his ear pierced. There's a guy in the forums called Mental Abortion? What's the safe word you and Jonathan use? I'm sleeping. You know Big Yanks? He wants to know, can the Yank Tank be resisted? I'm not, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Am I yank resistant? I'm yank resistant. Aww. Here's a picture of him playing drums outside of a Yankees game. Nice shoes. Can you kiss me, please? 